This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert. You know, we live in a time where people like to, to describe things that they have been involved in, things they have received, things they have seen. For example, so someone may describe their vacation as being, oh, it was just a fantastic vacation. We really enjoyed it. We saw so many different places, and, and we learned so many different things from the places where we visited. And, and sometimes people describe things as being just large. It's big. It's large. But sometimes... And, and this is an overworked word. We say it's great. We say it's great. Well, you know, there are some things that are great. And today I want to discuss with you the topic, great sin, greater salvation. I hope that you'll stay tuned. My name is Billy Lambert, and I am the regular speaker on Getting to Know Your Bible. And we do appreciate the fact that you have taken your time to stop and to watch our telecast today. And we pray that it will be a blessing to you. And we have those that are watching likely today for the very first time. And we want you to know how delighted we are to have you with us on getting to know your Bible today. Now, now we're offering a free Bible correspondence course. And I'd like to pause long enough to tell you how, how that we can receive that course and a little something about it. You see, if you're going to get something and it's free, you want to know, well, what is it? And how can I get it? So that you might know those two things, let's pause for just a moment. To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible correspondence course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail, and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, P.O. Box 314, Summerdale, Alabama, 36580, or call toll-free 1-877-711-5214. I'm reading today from the second chapter of Hebrews starting with verse 1 and reading through verse number 4. Therefore we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest in any time we should let them slip. For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward, how shall we escape? If we neglect so great salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him, God also bearing them witness, both with signs and wonders and with divers miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit, according to his own will. 
You know, there are great sins that are committed today. Great sins. It, it, it goes without saying that the moral and the spiritual fiber of our nation, even our world, is not eroding. It has eroded. Almost every sin in the great catalog of sins is committed today without anyone thinking much about it. There's a danger in that. That is, we become so accustomed to the sins that people commit that we began to get used to the dark. And we don't think as much about those things as we ought to think. Yes, there are great sins that are committed today, degrading sins. And sin is a reproach to people. The Bible, Solomon in Proverbs 14 and verse 34 said, Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. And the sin of a nation, unless man repent, can be the downfall of that nation. God does not wink at sin. God does not tolerate sin. You see, great sins are committed in our age. And just as there was great sin, there is a great salvation that has been offered to us. Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of the living God, came down from heaven in bodily form, eventually was taken by wicked and lawless men and was crucified and slain. Sometimes people ask, who really killed Jesus? Who really was responsible for Jesus dying upon that cross? And if we're not careful, we will be prone to say, well, it, it was the, the Roman rulers or, or, or the, even the Jewish nation. You see, we have a tendency to, to put the blame on someone else. But the fact of the matter is, it was my sin, your sin, that put him up on the old rugged cross. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21, Paul said he made him, that's Jesus, to be sin for us who knew no sin. And the reason Jesus died was to offer salvation to the whole human family. In Acts chapter 4 and 12, this is speaking about Jesus. Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby you must be saved. Jesus is not a Savior. He's not one of several Saviors. Jesus is the Savior. You know, we live in such a mixed up, pluralistic society that, that people sometimes say, well, you have your God, you have your Savior. 
I have my God, I have my Savior. That there are those that even say there are many ways to Jesus. But there's only one way. In John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. And Jesus Christ is the one who died on the cross to offer salvation to the family of God, to the whole family of mankind. In, in our text we read in Hebrews chapter 2, this question in verse, in verse 3, How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? The salvation that he's talking about is the salvation offered by the death of Jesus Christ. He is our Savior, our only Savior. First John chapter 4 and verse 14 calls Him the, the Savior of the world. He sent Him into the world to be the Savior of the world. That's Jesus' purpose for coming. Jesus did not come to start a religious group on this earth and get the most... Uh, uh, the largest crowd assembled in a building somewhere and use all kinds of entertainment that may have been in vogue in his day to, to draw them in to hear him. Oh no. Jesus was the drawing power. And today the gospel of Jesus is the drawing power. And Jesus is the one who died that we might be saved. And this is great salvation. Well, what, what's so great about this salvation? Well, think about the origin of it. I think the origin is great, don't you? Well, when the salvation that Jesus offers to the world began, it began actually in the beginning. In Genesis 3.15, there God said, I'll put amnity between thee and the woman, between thy seed and her seed, it shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. Friends, that was an early declaration on the part of God Almighty that he was going to send someone into this world through the seed of woman, a male child, who would, would destroy all of the works of the devil. And it was in the fullness of time that God sent forth His Son made of a woman, made under the law for the choir, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the, the, uh, the, the redemption. So Jesus Christ came into this world for the purpose of dying upon the cross. It was in the very beginning why John the Baptist came on the scene, and what was John preaching? He was preaching Jesus. In John 1, 29, he said, Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. So why is it great? It's great because of its origin. It goes all the way back to the very beginning. As a matter of fact, if you were to take your Bible, the entirety of your Bible, and start in the book of Genesis, 
and go through the book of Revelation, there is like a, a, a scarlet cord that runs all the way through the Bible. And that scarlet cord has to do with the Lord Jesus Christ. The message of Christ is the message of the Bible. In, in, for example, in Luke 24, 44, Jesus said that, that the things that have been written about him in the law, the Psalms, and the prophets must be fulfilled. But when you read the Old Testament, you're reading about Jesus coming into this world. Well, why is this salvation great? It is great because of its cost. What does it really cost to be a Christian? I, I, someone says, well, does it cost anything? Well, the fact of the matter is it costs a lot. It costs Jesus much. Now, let me tell you, you're not going to buy your salvation with money. You may have silver and gold in abundance. You may, you may have all kinds of financial holdings. And, and you may have all kinds of land and buildings. But friends, that, that's not where salvation is to be found. You're not going to buy your way to heaven like that. 1 Peter 1, 18, 19 tells us, For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things such as silver and gold, but by the vain conversation of the tradition of your fathers, by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. That's how we're redeemed. If we're ever made free from our sins, if we're ever are able to attain salvation from our sins. It's going to be because of Jesus. And it cost Jesus His life to make that available to us. It, he died that we might be able to live. And it is His blood that cleanses us and washes us from our sins. He had to give His life's blood why, listen to Jesus Himself in Matthew 26, 23. For this is my blood of the New Testament, which was shed for many for the remission of sins. His blood was shed. Why? To, to, that people might have their sins remitted. That they might have their sins forgiven. And later when Peter was preaching on the day of Pentecost, and the people asked, what shall we do? They were, they were inquiring into the salvation offered by Jesus. And so Peter's going to give them an answer as to what they do. Now, I'm aware of what modern preachers, at least some modern preachers say, not all, but a great portion of the modern preachers in our, or even in our own country say things other than what I'm about to tell you Peter said. Here's the, here's the question. What shall we do? Men and brethren, what shall we do? And they were asking, we want to know how that we can be saved. We want to know how to have the salvation that we find in Jesus Christ. And Peter answered and, un, and said unto them, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ, Listen to him now. For the remission of sins. Repent and be baptized. Why? For the remission of sins. To have your sins forgiven. Have your sins washed away. Later in Acts twenty-two sixteen, 16. 
Paul was recounting his conversion and, and he told how he had been told what to do to be saved. Ananias declared to him in verse 16 of chapter 22 in the book of Acts, Now why tarriest thou? Arise and be baptized and wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord. Did you get it? The washing away of sins comes after we're baptized and not before. That is, you're not saved before you're baptized. You're saved after you're baptized. And so this is a costly religion. This is a costly salvation. It costs Jesus His life's blood unto Him who loved us and washed us from our sins in His own blood. Revelation chapter 1 verse 5. Think about that. Washed in His own blood. Don't you love that song that you sometimes hear sung in worship? What can wash away my sin? And the answer comes back, nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. It takes that blood. And we need to know what the Bible teaches as to how we contact that blood of Christ that washes and cleanses us of our sins. But I want us to think about this salvation as being great from the standpoint of its scope. It's not limited. Now, some religions might be limited to a certain group of people. Some, some might want to limit it to the rich. Some may want to limit theirs to the poor. Some may want to limit theirs to the white. Some may want to limit theirs to, to those who are of different other colors. But the salvation that comes by Jesus is not a limited one. Jesus said to go into all the world and to preach the gospel to every creature. And he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Mark 16, 15, and 16. And so the gospel is for the whole wide world. It's not just for people in the Western world. The gospel of Christ, the, the message that Jesus has given us to preach to the world, which is a message about good news, the salvation that comes through Jesus Christ, is not just for people in America. It's not just for people in the southeastern part of the United States. It's for people all over the world. And that means the gospel is for you. You see... In Acts, the second chapter, Peter had been to the house of Cornelius. And, and Cornelius was a Gentile and Peter was a Jew. And the Jews and the, and the Gentiles did not have any dealings one with another. And it took a miracle at the house of Cornelius to convince Peter that he was to preach the gospel to all men. In Acts chapter 10, verse 34 and 35, Peter said, I perceive of a truth that God is no respecter of persons. Think about that. God is no respecter of persons. But, but in every nation, he that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. I love the children's songs that we sometimes 
hear the children sing, and maybe some of us who are older need to be singing those songs. Jesus loves all the little children. He loves all the little children of the world. Whether they're red, whether they're yellow, whether they're black, or whether they're white, they're precious in His sight. Jesus loves all the children of the world. And you see, the scope of this salvation is for all mankind. And that means that it is for you and it is for me. So it's a great salvation. This salvation is great in its origin, great in its cost, great in its scope. But it's great in its simplicity. You know, Jesus said in John 8, the 8th chapter and verse 32, And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. I've often thought about the gospel and I've often thought about how simple the gospel is. And it doesn't make sense to me that God would give us a complicated gospel. That He would give us a gospel that was so confusing and so deep in mis with with deep so much great meaning that 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 a person couldn't understand it it just doesn't make sense that God would send his son to the cross and shed his blood for the salvation of the world and then turn around and give a plan of salvation a way to be saved that was so hard to understand that the world couldn't really understand it. The gospel is simple, isn't it? And it takes the gospel to save us now. In Romans 1.16, Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth to the Jew first and also to the Greek. So it's the gospel that saves us. We're saved by the gospel, and the gospel simply means good news. It's good news about Jesus. It's good news about His life. It's good news about His, His, His death on the cross. It's good news about His burial. It's good news about His resurrection from the dead. It's good news. I don't know about you, but I'm tired of bad news. I'm tired of bad news. I need some good news today. And there's good news for the whole world. And that good news is that Jesus loved you enough to go to the cross to die in your place. He died for you and He died for me. And He wants you to come to Him. You see, this salvation is great, great in its simplicity. It's not hard to understand. Now let me ask you what's hard to understand about this. Now, now let's think about this verse first of all. Verse 15 of Mark chapter 16. Verse 15 reads, 
go into all of the world and preach the gospel to every creature. There are churches all over the land that have mission programs of one sort or another. They, they do what they call evangelistic work of one kind or another. Why? Because they've read that verse and they understand it. They said that's so simple to understand. Now let me read you the very next verse. Where Jesus said, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And then he said, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be condemned or damned. Someone says, but Brother Lambert, that, that verse does not say, He that believeth not and is not baptized shall be condemned. No, that would have been redundant for Jesus to have said that. Because Jesus already said, He that believeth not shall be damned. And from, but from I, what I read in John the third chapter, verses 18 and 19, you're condemned at the very point of your unbelief. You're condemned by not believing. It would have been redundant for Jesus to have said, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not and is not baptized shall be damned. You see, you're already damned by not believing. But there are two conditions of salvation, and they are faith in Christ, Believing in the gospel of Christ and being baptized into Christ. It's for the forgiveness of your sins. Acts chapter 2 and verse 38. So you, so you see this salvation is a great salvation. I don't believe it, uh, we can under, misunderstand that. I think we understand what it says. Sometimes we real, really want to understand. He that believeth, is baptized, shall be saved. It takes faith in Christ, baptism into Christ, that's a burial in water, for the remission of sins, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, for an individual to be saved from his or her sins. Have you ever done that? Have you ever been baptized into Christ for the remission of your sins? Oh, that's a simple plan, isn't it? But this salvation is great because it tells us about the greatness of God's love. And the reason for this salvation is because God is so great in His love. Listen to it. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Oh, we've talked about a great salvation today in a, in a sinful world that is so filled with sin. But there is hope for you and there's hope for all mankind because of Jesus. I want to thank you for watching today. And in the closing moments, may I give you a personal invitation to visit the Church of Christ in your community. If you're not certain where one is located, contact us. We'll get you that information. And also, right now, why don't you pick up the telephone? Why don't you call right now for the free Bible correspondence course? Do it right now without delay. I want to thank you again for watching today. And until we meet again,
May the Lord bless you and keep you is my prayer. Getting to Know Your Bible has been presented by Churches of Christ. If you have a question about the church, or if you would like the location of a Church of Christ near you, or to receive the free Bible course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, P.O. Box 314, Summerdale, Alabama 36580, or call 1-877-711-5214. Join us next time for Getting to Know Your Bible.